Edinburgh, a city steeped in history and culture, has given rise to a plethora of notable figures, ranging from celebrated actors like Sean Connery and Ian Glenn to literary giants such as Naomi Mitchell and Irvin Welsh. But amidst the luminaries, the city also harboured infamous residents, and perhaps none more notorious than the body snatchers, Birkenhair. The gripping tale of Birkenhair, though worthy of a dedicated episode, has captivated audience for generations, including myself, since my early days. Notably, their heinous crimes extended beyond the confines of the old town, and this is apparent as you venture along the A70 to Kingsnow, just outside the city, where a wooden statue commemorates these murderous accomplices. So why is this statue so far from the reported killing grounds? Well, the A70, often called the Langhuang, served as one of the routes they used to transport their unfortunate victims to the medical college. And it's along the A70 that today's episode focuses. The A70 road in Scotland has a long and storied history dating back to the 17th century. Originally, it was part of a network of military roads commissioned by the government to improve communication and transportation in the region. In the early 17th century, the military road network was developed under the direction of General George Wade to facilitate the movement of troops and supplies across the Highlands. As part of this network, the A70 served as a strategic route connecting Edinburgh to the southwest of Scotland. The A70 also holds historical significance as it passes through several towns and villages with their own stories to tell. One of those villages is Tarbrax. The name Tarbrax is believed to have Gallic origins, possibly meaning Speckled Hill or Hill of the Badgers. Historically, Tarbrax was primarily a traditional agricultural community, with farming being the main livelihood for its residents. The village's location in the Pentland Hills provided fertile land for farming, and it was known for its rural charm and scenic landscapes. In 1992, this small village would be known for something far more otherworldly when it found itself at the centre of a very modern mystery. There's a popular misconception that it always rains in Edinburgh, when in fact it rains more in Rome and New York. But in August 1992, the city lived up to its unearned reputation, and hardly a day went by without the skies opening. The evening of the 17th was one of the few nights where the weather thankfully eased up, much to the relief of Gary Wood and Colin Wright. Both men had been in ox gangs in Edinburgh and were making their way to Tarbrax to drop off a satellite dish for a friend. This is a journey they'd made many times, and a journey that took them along the unlit and scenic route of the A70. A journey that should have taken them around 45 minutes on a busy day. I've driven this way many times, and I know from experience the road is one that requires the driver's full attention. There are many tight turns and blind summits that help earn the road its reputation as one of the most dangerous routes in Scotland. However, as they neared Tarbrax by the Harper Rig Reservoir, 33-year-old Gary's gaze was drawn upward, away from the road to the dark skies above him, causing him to slow the car down. 
Sensing his friend was distracted, Colin looked over and noticed Gary was craning for a better view at something, seemingly on the road in front. As Colin switched his gaze to what lay ahead, he could see why Gary had now slowed the car almost to a halt. There, in the sky, hovering about ten feet above the ground, was a large circular object. Not a plane or a helicopter or something they could explain, but an object that was around thirty feet in diameter with a dome shape on the top and made up of what looked like a dark metallic material. As they inched ever closer to the object, both Gary and Colin could hear a strange electrical hum, and both felt odd sensations overcome them. The first was unbearable heat, prickly, oppressive and disorientating. It felt like an electrical current was pulsing through them. Then came fear, a fear like neither man had experienced before. Despite the instinct to flee and seek safety, they found themselves paralysed, unable to move, and transfixed by the ominous craft hovering in front of them. Their car hadn't come to a complete stop, and as it was still rolling forward, it eventually passed under the object. As it did, a curtain of light dropped from the craft in front of the car. The friends passed out for what they believed to be just 10 to 15 seconds, and once they regained consciousness, Gary quickly hit the accelerator and left this strange craft behind. However, a disconcerting realisation struck him. Something was amiss. The car was facing in the wrong direction, and as he glanced at the clock on the dashboard, he discovered that what seemed like mere seconds since the encounter had actually been an hour. Time had seemingly slipped away during their terrifying encounter. Gary turned the car round and continued on his way to Tarbrax, but both he and Colin found it challenging to put the evening's incident out of their minds. Nightmares plagued their sleep, with vivid visions of eerie creatures boasting four fingers and large, dark, unblinking eyes haunting their dreams. The encounter had left an indelible mark on their psyche, and they couldn't shake the lingering fear and curiosity about what they had witnessed. The men would soon start to recall more detail about what happened that evening. In an interview in 1996, Gary recalled, I saw three creatures coming towards my car. I felt intense pain, like an electric shock. Then I was in some room. I saw these things like wee men moving about, doing something to me. I could only see up. Then this six-foot creature approached. It was white grey in colour, with a large head and dark eyes, with a long slender neck, very slim shoulders and waist. There were either ribs or folds of skin on its body. The arms were like ours. But there were four very long fingers. The little ones were about three feet tall and seemed to do all the work, while the big ones did the communication. Then, perhaps, the most unsettling part of the encounter happened. Unable to move, Gary's mind was screaming over and over, Why are you doing this? Why are you here? Then, one of the beings, seemingly using some form of telepathy, answered, Saturday, we are here already, and we are coming here. Soon Gary and Colin decided it was time to involve the police, 
after conducting in-depth interviews with both men and finding them to be credible witnesses. Polygraph tests were also carried out, and both men were found to be truthful. The police, intrigued by the men's compelling account of their unsettling experience, decided to return to the site that had become the source of their nightmares. A thorough investigation took place and some evidence was found that could support the men's claims. Some branches in the trees to the side of the road, around 10 feet up, exhibited signs of scorching. Vegetation underneath had also what appeared to be burn marks, indicating something could very well have hovered in the area the men had their experience. In the years following the A-70 UFO incident, no conclusive proof or official explanation has been provided for what Gary and Colin encountered that fateful night in 1992. Despite the lack of definitive answers, their chilling experience remains shrouded in mystery and continues to captivate the imagination of UFO enthusiasts and sceptics alike. Just a short distance away from Tarbrax lies another extraordinary tale of a Scottish UFO encounter. The perplexing case of Robert Taylor and his otherworldly experience on Decment Law in 1979. This nearby incident adds to the intrigue and fascination surrounding the region, where tales of the unknown seem to intersect with the beauty of Scotland's landscapes. While sceptics may attempt to dismiss these cases as mere illusions or misinterpretations, the detailed and compelling accounts from witnesses like Gary, Colin and Robert Taylor challenge our understanding of the world and leave us with more questions than answers. The allure of these enigmatic events persists, leaving us to wonder what truly transpired in those dark skies above the A70, and whether we'll ever unravel the full truth behind these extraordinary encounters. As time goes on, the draw of the unknown in this region only deepens, leaving us to ponder the possibilities and mysteries that continue to defy explanation. <laughs>